From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, I'm glad we're back for another session, and this should be one that I think a lot of people can relate to. Uh, as always, Steve, great to be back with you, and uh, our topics keep coming in, and this should be a good one. I definitely agree. I One of the things that we talk about a lot, and I can tell you it never changes, is having some type of a scope of work. And, and this is something that's just so critical because if a programmer is given very little direction, more than likely they are going to get a system to work, but it may not actually work the way a user wants, a client wants, or even the way that it was intended. But without having direction, uh, there are just so many different ways that something could be programmed. And I'm not talking about how code is written, but more so how the system is supposed to function. And, and I think that that's one of the things that's just really hard for a lot of people to understand and is kind of tedious because defining the scope of work to me is kind of part of the programming process, but it's not programming. It's actually design or uh, it, it's, it, it, it's development of, of the details and, and, uh, and, and the outcomes that we're trying to get. So I, I don't know how um, much you've encountered this before when you have projects, if they're more straightforward or, or you're more involved in the designing phase, but as, a, as somebody who's a third party, we, we run into this quite a bit. I, I'll admit I'm, I have the luxury of doing most of the design and uh, stuff myself um, or having a lot of input into the design, even if it's done by a consultant, I get to look over them and say, yes, this will work. No, this won't work. Um, but yeah, when it comes to scope of work, it's, it's easy on equipment, but hard for programming. Um, so you really have to get into the details like our scope of work. We outline almost everything to the T. So it's apples to apples. You're not getting someone bring in one product and someone else bring in another product. But it's hard to do that with programming um, to make sure that you are getting apples to apples. So it's definitely love to hear your insight on that. Um, Cause like I said, I have the luxury of being an in-house programmer and they tell me what equipment it is and we go. <laughs> yeah. And I think for you, you, you kind of own that scope of work. You're, you're, you, that, that's really what is inherent in, in your organization. Whereas, you know, from an outsider, as you mentioned before, you can have a scope of work for a design and, or a, a functionality requirement that says, hey, I need to be able to project an image on, on a screen and I need to be able to have uh, a room that seats 90 people and I need to be able to have you know, a microphone and, and my presenter being amplified. And then all of those things are a lot more tangible than, than programming. But you know, when it comes to programming, you can have, you can make a system work, but it's very subjective uh, in terms of, yes, that system works and it does what may be 
is, are suitable for the products that are in the system, or there it's working a one way that it could possibly work, but there's like, there's, there's it, almost infinite ways that, it, that a system could work. And I know that I'm probably exaggerating, but there's a lot of nuances that somebody from the outside doesn't always think about. And I think it's important to have a mechanism to be able to define that. And that's as a third party, that's what we've done. We, one, one of the things that we, we do is we put together documentation that, that really outlines what we're going to do and, and ask for that to be signed off before we actually do it. It, it would be ideal if we could do that before actually pricing the project, because then that that's really what is uh, the the uh, the difference maker, but it's um, it's just so important that we we're not sitting there on the last day saying that this isn't what what we wanted, and and I think that that's every that's one of those sayings similar to a person on an island that you often hear come out come from uh, a programming experience. I agree there. Um... It's definitely one of those things where you want to, you don't want to be continuously changing your code to meet the client need because that is inefficient in development, but also costs money, especially when your business is coding. Um, so that's going to cost you your employees' time, but also the end users' money. I mean, it's when you come down to they're paying for that time um so getting all that in the scope of work to clearly define is important um now getting defining the scope of work for programmers i think that's where you have to educate your users and say this what can and cannot be done with programming in general maybe and then once your users understand that, you can kind of get the scope of work done, I feel. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, Steve, and um, roll it out. But you have to have, what I can say, you have to have the end goal in mind, knowing what the user needs, but also knowing what you can do, you can develop a scope of work. I think I went in circles there. Well, I, you know, I, I, I get where you're going and, and it, it's, it's exactly right. It's you, you have to understand what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, but, but for, you know, for example, there, there are just so many different ways that you can approach something, um, you know, it might, it might be, um, so as simple as, uh, wanting to have uh, cable TV controls and some people just want to have a keypad and other people want to have presets. And sometimes you want to have fixed presets and sometimes you want to have changeable presets and how many presets are there. And, you know, it can go on and on when you start to go down those rabbit holes. And quite honestly, as programmers, we want to do what the client needs, but you need to know what that is. And, and as you said before, not having that information in the beginning, it becomes a challenge because for some who... Uh, have to stay within a budget or have to uh, meet a deadline, not knowing the scope of work or, or underestimating the scope of work can, can be a huge impact. And, uh, and that's why I think it's, it's so critical for that to be defined well. It's just, but, but it just seems that for years and years and years, we've been having this discussion and it, and it always seems to come into question 
because it really comes down to the, the only people that can do that are the people who really understand programming and, and know all of the details that go into actually making it work. I agree there. So let's put this into a concept of as an in-house programmer, I know this, but let's throw this in not a higher education. Not every school is fortunate enough to have an in-house programmer. They might just have, you know, a installer or just, you know, one or two technicians who are wearing multiple hats. How do they develop their scope of work that a company like yours can come in and understand the full scope of the work? You're, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. And, and, uh, you know, the, so we've developed several different approaches that depending on who the client is and what their comfort level is and, and how much they could visualize, you can do something as simple as, uh, uh, a document that has a wireframes with the look of the interface design, or just the button panel and a brief description of, Hey, this is what we're we're going to be doing on this page, and because most people that have their experience with that, they can bring it to life in, uh, mentally. But for some that are not as uh, comfortable or not as experienced or don't have the exposure, and this happens a lot on the corporate level, you actually have to put something in front of them and let them see it and and interact with it and. They, they really don't understand when they look at the pages because you're looking at a screen, uh, you're looking at a two-dimensional object on, on a page. Um, they, they can't understand how you would interact with that. So sometimes you actually have to put together some type of a, an interactive demo. So maybe that's uh, a web page or maybe that is um, loading some basic touch panel layouts that just do some simple screen flips uh, or do, using some other method of being able to demonstrate, hey, this is the flow of how your system's gonna operate. You, but then that may even be difficult for some people. You actually have to see how it operates with the equipment. So that takes it even further to really understand what it is that you're getting. And, and as you could see, this is a really, um, involved process, especially if you're trying to, to establish a standard and you're working with people who are, are a little nervous about it and may not really understand what, what it is that they've been tasked with doing. Uh, the, the good news is, is that having a programmer do it, I think is to their advantage. The bad news is, is that it, if, the, if it's not done up front, it, it can end up becoming a little bit of a sticky situation. I can totally see that. Um, those are good points. And I think that's one thing, at least us in higher education is um, pretty good at is making our interfaces across our rooms standard, um, which I feel makes it easier on me as a programmer to develop my scope of work because if I'm doing classroom A or classroom Z, it's the same look and feel. Equipment might, might be different. Um, luckily, we tried to standardize on equipment as well, but the experience needs to be the same. The 
the button layout and the controls and the feedback all have to be the same. So I'm in, again, in a unique situation where we do have those standards. Um, I, in a corporate world or even in a resi world, you don't have that. Like one home might have a different layout than the next. One company might have a different layout than the next or each room might be different. Um, so that got to make it really hard on you guys. It, 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 so, so this is where I think we, and we, we really haven't had this conversation in, in some time, but you know, when people talk about what, what is the future of a programmer and, and if coding becomes easier, is a programmer going to be needed? This, this is where I think the programming, the, the knowledge of a programmer really shines because writing code is only the deliverable. And I think you can get a lot of people that can write the code, but defining what it should do and understanding what works and what doesn't work is really where the programmer's value comes in. And I think that that's probably not going to change because he, no matter how simple it is to write the code, you still need to be able to understand what is going to work and not. But you know, I'll, I just want to um, touch on what you mentioned though before. I would imagine at some point though, somebody had to have established the standards and that, that's really where the, the, the uh, challenge comes in. So you're fortunate to be able to carry them through. And I'm not sure if you were involved in the, in when they were first being implemented or you're, you're, you went through that process of getting to a comfortable standard, but that that's a, a common challenge with a, a lot of clients uh, when, when you're working as a third party. I can, I can see that. Um, now some of our standards, I did uh, have a hand in and some I didn't. Um, that's one thing about us is technology is always advancing. Us programs, programmers need to be aware of that. So standards are, they are set, but they need to be fl uh, flexible because you need to adapt to new technology, new layouts, new ways of doing things. Um, I mean, especially when we, the mobile phone came out with iOS and all that stuff that really changed a lot of people's standards because now your users want that feel that they're used to on in their hand. So your standards need to be able to adapt, but you got to hold to your standards so that the experience is the same. No doubt. No, And I think right now I've said this before on another uh, podcasts and, and, and in other conversations, we're at a time right now where we've moved from the iPhone as being the de facto that everybody used as uh, uh, the, the known user interface and the known operation that was ex considered to be ideally intuitive. And I think that in a lot of commercial and probably um, in education as well, Zoom has really become what everybody is identifying with. And, and, and honestly, that's one of the, the benefits and, and one of the advantages that Zoom had is that very, the very clean and uh, streamlined user interface that everybody just understands. And, and once, once you're comfortable with it, you want everything else to work that way too. 
Yes, agreed there. Um, you definitely want everything to be clean, streamlined, and user understandable. Like they like, like I keep saying this, I program my rooms so that anyone who walks up the street should be able to use them with little or no training. Um, just like we pick up a remote, you're not studying the remote for the basic features. And yeah, maybe the advanced features, you might have to look for a button or two, but the on and off are normally in the same spot, the up and down, the volume up and down, they're all basically in the same location. So again, yeah, same feel, be able to know what the user wants, but I think you hit it there, having clean and understandable interface. And some type of an anchor that you could say, "Hey, uh, this is what we're used to. This is this is what everybody knows." Um, I guess as we wrap up, I'm curious to hear from our audience and from you know those that are out there doing programming. How, how often do you struggle with the scope of work, and and what are some ways that you've been able to to tackle that challenge? And and also, is it something that is a service to for for some some programmers? Uh, is it something that it increases a programmer's value or does more attention have to be paid to it? You know, that, that this is on, honestly one of the things that a programmer does as, as part of the practice of having a successful pro project, even though that we're considered to be writing code, that code has to follow some type uh, of a formula, not a form, uh, I'll use a better term, a, um, a prescription and, you know, and, and a, uh, uh, oh, oh, a document that says this is what correct and, and what, what the requirements state. Uh, so uh, hopefully we can get some, some feedback on that. And I, I think that this is an important topic. Like I said, it's, it's been, uh, been discussed for years and pretty much since uh, the beginning of my career. So I can't imagine it going away anytime soon. Um, any, uh, any, any final thoughts, James? And uh, did you want to share how people can reach you and uh, continue the conversation? Uh, I think you ended it pretty well right there. Um, as always, find me on Twitter at AV underscore James King. Um, LinkedIn, I am there. Not much, but I am there. I do write for the Higher Ed Digital Magazine, the IT and AV column. Um, so, or I'm can find me on Sunday mornings doing the AV in the AM. Same here. I can be found on uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and many of the social platforms at Steve Greenblatt. AV in the AM is something that I, uh, where James and I first connected, I believe, and I highly recommend that. It's a great uh, conversation amongst peers as well as a good way to learn. So please check that out. Um, I do some writing for my company blog at controlconcepts.net. And I also do writing for AV technology, uh, which is found at avnetwork.com. And uh, I hope that you can find us here and please uh, let us know what you think about the show and let us know what you want to hear more about. And we're looking for more input so that we can make sure that our, all the topics that are relatable to our audience are covered. Uh, you could find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google, and so forth. And we hope to be speaking with you soon. And that's what we have for today. And this has been Ask the Programmer.